0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast.
1: I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with Matt
1: Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clipped that. Because <laughs> I know there's some guys that are like, oh no, you know, I'm sticking to my diet. Well, I'm going to play it. I'm going to plan to make sure that I have a plate. It's Thursday and it's December. Time is flying by. How exciting. Oh, man. What a great episode of the podcast. Yesterday we had Austin Eckler and we had Josh Allen, two big-time stars. Well, we're about to upstage those two guys with another huge star on this podcast because it is Stat Nerd Thursday, my favorite episode of the week. And that means... Big, shining, bright star Dalton Del Don back on the program. Dalton, what's going on, buddy? I don't know about all that, but I am excited to to pod with you today,
0: Harmon, because I've been concerned about you. Um, your guy, usually I'm being facetious when I use that term, but no, your guy, the liver king, has been revealed not to be natty, and I've been worried, as the kids say, and I've been worried about you, man. He's been all over the news. Are you okay with your health guru being exposed? <laughs>
1: This is like uh, such an inside joke. I don't even know if anybody's going to get this, but um, uh, yeah, dude. Um, uh, Look, obviously I knew you didn't reeling. have a reaction. Sorry, I just had to do uh, it. I knew you no, were going to. No, 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 no. Obviously. <laughs> ob- yeah, I'm speechless. Obviously, I've been reeling since finding out the news that that guy is not uh is not 100% natural that he has been juicing. I mean, that is a shock to my system. Like, I thought all you had to do was live by the ancestral tenants and you were <laughs> you looked like. You look like a damn gorilla. What the hell? I mean, what, what obviously my world has been rocked.
0: Yeah, all right, I just had to throw that out. Let's talk some football, dude. Happy. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. What's going on, dude?
1: Yeah, man. Uh by the way, if people are not familiar with the Liver King, like I I don't care. It, I, look, obviously I knew he was on roids whatever and I'm I'm not out there, you know, getting feet to ground or whatever all of his ancestral tenants stuff, but if you're not like watching that lunatics TikTok, you're you're missing out on some on some good stuff, okay? So, uh, I'll just I'll leave it at that. But Dalton I'm doing well. Thanksgiving was awesome. Your Thanksgiving, I know, you know, what did you spend it in some gambling bunker or whatever and eating like, uh, you know, pho or whatever? What What is What is I know you don't even like care about Thanksgiving. What's your deal?
0: No, I got some actually ended up getting some nice turkey leftovers, but just just bunkered down with my family screaming at my bad uh, DFS lineup. And, and that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, just just bet just a degenerate losing get bets as usual. It's a it's a yearly tradition.
1: It's a funny thing, man. Like, our group is so, you know, dispersed across the country. I mean, you and I are actually at least in the same state, but we live nowhere, nowhere near each other. You know, Scott's in in Detroit, Andy is in Chicago. You know, like I've actually the amount of times I've actually sat down and watched a, watched a game with any of you guys is so small. I've never I've never sat down and watched a game with Dalton, I don't think. Uh and, and you know, Andy and I a little bit in a in a bar in New Orleans, you know, a billion years ago. Um, never with Scott. And it's just kind of funny. I would love to someday, Dalton. Like we got to like spend a, a whole Sunday, you know. But I'm, um, you know, we got to work and stuff like that. We have to write articles. But maybe, maybe some playoff game or something. We'll uh, we'll link up and 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 I'll f- we'll finally watch a game together. Because I would actually love to see Dalton tilting bets and DFS plays. Uh, in oh, real time. especially if
0: produce. I'm still live in the six million dollar uh, survivor pool. It really is a seat. Uh, yeah, you would. Yes, I am quite a quite a person to watch go go a little bit too too overboard on sundays at times
1: (laughs) there's a special episode of the podcast next year during if when you're still alive in the contest we need to just live stream me and you all all on sunday you know five people will watch it'll be great it'll be good video content all right that was a lot there on to real business here you know the deal with this uh, episode of the pod 32 teams, we give you a stat for every single one of them. We skip the teams during the big section here that are playing on Thursday night. We have a fun Thursday night game to break down with the aforementioned Josh Allen playing the New England Patriots. But let's get started with the Philadelphia Eagles. We go from best record to worst record in the NFL. That is your reward for winning games in the National Football League. You get featured early on this show, and the Eagles are back on top. Um, This stat you brought to the table, the results haven't been there for Devontae Smith since the Dallas Goddard injury, but the opportunity is there. 38% target share, 55% air yard share. Um, When is Devontae Smith going to take that opportunity and turn it into a big game?
0: I think it might be this week, a pass-funnel Titans defense It shuts down the run. Hurts may be sore after he's ran the car- 33 carries the last two weeks uh, for the QB. Uh, admittedly, A.J. Brown was dealing with uh, an illness last week, so that was why his targets may have been down. He popped an eye blood vessel. He was vomiting so much. But Smith, you what did that got to Did he go back to share? Chipotle?
1: Remember last year know, when he went to know, Chipotle and there was I like know. The, po- you know, the poop game? yeah I thought he'd sworn off... I thought he sworn off Chipotle. What is the deal with that dude's diet? That he's, he's, he's more two liver. years in a row. He needs yeah, to eat more liver.
0: Yeah, <laughs> get back to his roots. Um, yeah, I, I think Smith this week against the Titans. Uh, like I said, uh, a, a pass funnel defense that shuts down the run. You look at this target share. He's a good player. So why can't it be this week for Devonta to, to 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 have a, a breakout game?
1: Yeah, I like that call. Um, I mean, look, you you're going to chase the upside every single week with a dude like this. And you know, I made this point about the Eagles when we recap Sunday Night Football that at least when they you know. I wouldn't call it going into their shell because their run game is so good. Miles Sanders is so good. Jalen Hurts is so good. Their offensive line kicks ass. Like When they do go to that script, though, you know the ball is only going like mostly two places with a little sprinkling of Quez Watkins, who's been interesting since Dallas Goddard has went down. So that is nice. About Grable's great as offense. an
0: underdog. Tennessee's going to score points this week. They're going to force them to play football in the second half. Yeah, after the Titans lost last week the way they did, I expect that to be a yeah. fully competitive game.
1: I agree with you there. All right, let's move on to the next team here. Kansas City Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco had five more red zone touches. He had 12 than any other running back last week. You added this one to the outline, Dalton. And, um, you know, it, Scott had a good note the, about Pacheco. Where he's like, it looked like they showed him too much tape of CEH around the goal line. You know, because remember, CEH is like famously his first game in the NFL. He had like a billion goal line carries and didn't score any touchdowns. But um, I don't know. I thought this was an interesting one from you.
0: Yeah, that included, he still only has four targets on the entire season. Those were all carries last week, 12 carries, including five inside the five. Uh, this week they face a Bengals defense that's been the bet. we'll talk more about that, but they've been the best against the run when Reader's been on the field uh, this week. But man, you love the volume there and an offense that's so, so good. Mahomes has the most passing yards uh, ever through 80 games, and he's played 74 games. So yeah, Pacheco, the lead back there, obviously he's a weekly starter regardless of matchup.
1: Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about him later because the matchup is a little difficult potentially here, but I will say I know he doesn't get a ton of receiving usage, but that one play that they did dial up for him, the 17-yard catch, that was clearly a design for Isaiah Pacheco to get him that, but like I wonder if you know maybe if he earns more trust, if we see more uh, receiving work for him, but right now, yeah, obviously, there's just absolutely none mckinnon's being it's
0: held out with his hamstring
1: strain too so yeah that That's could open point. up open up too i mean there was a ronald jones sighting i, I would be remiss not to add to uh in here but uh yeah <laughs> I, I i forgot about ronald jones completely to the point that when like they threw to number two because that especially i was like who the hell's number two and then i was like oh that was ronald jones oh he caught a pass I'm like whoa 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 what year is this but uh yeah so that was pretty cool to see i guess for for your guy your guy, Ronald Jones, uh, the last guy who tried to to stand the great Ronald Jones. Although they have Melvin Gordon on the team now, too. If McKinnon misses this game, I bet he gets called up to the active roster and actually probably plays on some pass downs there. But let's move on to the next one here. Minnesota Vikings. You mentioned this one during a video that we shot earlier today, Dalton. The Vikings have allowed the most yards per pass this year in the NFL. They're kind of, sort of sneaky, becoming a little bit of like a fun carnival team, uh, because their defense has its moments. They're opportunistic, but they can give it up on the other end, and obviously we know their offense can put it up on the other end.
0: Yes, yeah, seven point eight ypa, I believe the second most yards per play. So, um, yeah, I mean we're gonna, I really want to talk about Mike White and the Jets setup here later, but uh, it's just got to be noted here that the Vikings defense is absolutely uh, a plus favorable matchup for. For your fantasy, uh, you know, lineups and oh, Justin Jefferson, by the way, the most receiving yards in NFL history to start his career. And he has plenty of games to go. And he didn't even become a starter. The first two we worried about his possible turf toe injury last week. Not a problem there. Uh, it might be worth noting that the Jets have been the worst matchup for, for um, I believe, receivers and quarterbacks over the last uh month or so according to what fantasy stats you want to use that adjust for opponent and whatnot but it has not been a great matchup but maybe with Mike White there this could become more high scoring so uh yeah I, I expect this one in a dome to be kind of a fun back and forth
1: uh with, with some more offense definitely I I hear your point though about the Jets like they just put put quarterbacks in a blender man I mean obviously Trevor Simeon last week I, I get it he even he did have a couple moments there but right before he <laughs> almost looked like he was going to get uh, they're going to start nathan peterman ahead of him thank god we avoided that although i would have so wild uh, there's
0: weather peterman suffering an injury then then getting the shot a pain killing injection james robinson the healthy scratch michael carter i mean that was just a wild uh 20 minutes before game time sorry
1: it, it was a crazy uh 20 minutes and uh i enjoyed it for nothing more than like on fantasy football i being able to just like give andy a bunch of crap for it so it was worth it for me uh at the very least but yeah no i'm this game's really interesting, just again, because the Jets defensive line, the guys that they have there, you know, led of course by Quinn and Williams, who's been awesome this year. They can really just put put a hurting on you. And obviously Kirk Cousins, like this is the type of game. It's a not it's not an island game. It's not a primetime game where Kirk usually just goes off. Um, but man, I mean, it's a tough matchup for sure for this Vikings team that's been a little bit hit or miss offensively you know even if even if for the most part like we love Justin Jefferson and all these players all right the bills are next but we're saving them for Thursday night football so that brings us to the Dallas Cowboys uh my stat for this one Michael Gallup last 3 weeks 83% routes per dropback 31% share of the team air yards 6.3 targets per game you know the Colts are definitely um they're they're more of a pass funnel defense of course and like some of those catches that George Pickens was making uh, against the Colts on Monday night football deep down the field I was like that's that's pretty much how Michael Gallup has still been used so far, so uh, Gallup hasn't given us much this year, but the farther he gets away from that uh, January ACL tear, I think the better he will be. At some point, he's going to have a big game. I think this could be that big game this week.
0: Yeah, it just makes sense to get healthier as the season has progressed, just like Godwin, and he just noticeably looked healthier last week. Gallup kind of yeah. just jumped off the screen, just looked better, so make sense and expect uh expect uh more production down the stretch assuming they don't add beckham that would obviously hurt his fantasy production
1: although uh, yeah again i still think beckham is more of like a Post fantasy season type of guy uh, yeah, for them, fair.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But they'll still, but th- it has really been a funnel offense between, at least from an air yard standpoint, it's been C.D. Lamb and it's been uh, Michael Gallup, like, and nobody else is really getting a ton of vertical look. So even if Beckham comes in there and takes like 10 13 percent of the air yards on just like as a bit part time player, that would definitely hurt Michael Gallup, who's not really in the weekly starting consideration, anyways.
0: And they're gonna get an elite tackle back too in this move, Tyler Smith over. Man, yeah, they didn't even drop off uh yeah cowboys are dangerous
1: cowboys are really dangerous man i i i could see them going on a run and and i would really love that for dak who you know again to to we talked about um I will get to Jimmy G later, but we talked about uh before the show started how you know in all of my like holiday football conversations I kept saying like Jimmy G is having his best year, man. You know Jimmy G having his best season. Of course, he has like probably his worst game on Sunday right after I say that. But you know Dak was the guy in these holiday debates always comes up. Uh, you know is Dak really a top ten quarterback? I I really like Dak. Really like the way he plays, and you know I think he's such a smart quarterback. The way he processes things pre snap and post snap, like. I would love to see them go on a run here, and I think they definitely could do it um, in the NFC. They, they look really good right now, and they are potentially getting uh, reinforcements late in the season, which always matters a lot. Next team up here, Dolphins, 15th in rushing success rate since Week 8. Obviously, we think of the Dolphins for their passing game. You know, that's no surprise. Really weird game for them last week, uh, because basically, Dalton, they got to 30 points at halftime and, I mean, took guys out in the second half. Like, Skylar Thompson's out there, even, you know, at different points, Scott Hans is like, are they going to have to put Tua back in? The Texans have scored twice. Like, who cares? They're, they'll never catch up, right? And the Dolphins acted like that. I only put this one on the outline because I wanted to kind of take your temperature on Jeff Wilson, who suffered an injury last week. Um, although I don't know how serious that is. Raheem Mostert's coming back uh, against your 49ers, apparently. Where are we at with like the state of the Dolphins' backfield right now?
0: Yeah, Wilson suffered, like, I don't know if he was cramping in his calf. He came out uh, in that game last week. Two had 278 passing yards at halftime and didn't reach 300 for the game. So very frustrating for fantasy managers with that game script. Um, I put Jeff Wilson as one of my busts uh, column this week. It's just a, such a tough matchup. It's a revenge game, but the 49ers are allowing NFL lows in points per game, yards per carry, yards per play. Um, it, it, They've just been success rate, Um, and he... I think he's going to be healthy, Wilson, but Mostert might also come back in this game as well. Opponents have the lowest run rate by far in the NFL in games in San yeah. Francisco, too. So I just don't think it's a great setup for Wilson this week. Um, and again, like I said, the revenge game, a couple other Miami Dolphin stats for for you real quickly. They're allowing the most yards per play on the road, but the second fewest at home. That's that's hmm. very odd. And and. Tua uh this year in EPA per play is having the best season since 2012. Wow. Um but he's been pressured on 50% of his dropbacks without Armstead who's out this game and their right tackle Austin Jackson looks very iffy against the Niners' pass rush. It's going to be quite the test seeing Tua the league's best passing offense against this defense. It's uh should be fun and you know weather should be should be
1: good in Santa Clara so I'm looking forward to that. I'm very excited to watch this game. What time is it? It's a it's a West Coast game, so I assume it's on like you know 1 p.m. our time. Um, yeah. So definitely- it's
0: not not only are they did they not flex it to the Sunday night game, but it's competing with that Chiefs Bengals game. I think it might even be starting at like 1:05 or 4:05 even. So yeah, I mean mm-hmm. this one's going to be like ignored and it's uh, it, uh yeah 1:05 start. Yeah, we're competing against everyone's going to be watching the Chiefs Bengals and the Niners uh, Dolphins game is going to be pretty interesting as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, worth noting, Lord podcast just sent us uh, this, that Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel indicated that Teron Armstead you know, won't have surgery. He could play, but he I think he probably ends up missing this game. He could miss some time. So it's just it's something worth noting, like keeping an eye on that, because I agree, like Teron Armstead, he is always injured, seemingly, but he's a great offensive lineman and, and makes a big difference for this team overall. Um, who's the, hey, who's the Sunday night game this week? The Sunday night game is Colts at the Cowboys.
0: So you just could not mess with Jerry Jones. I mean, it's a joke. It's the second. What is it? The biggest, uh, biggest point spread of the week. I mean, it's uh, awful. It's a joke. Yeah, no, yeah. no,
1: you're right. I, I lose like during the middle of the week. I always kind of lose the, the the pace of the schedule, but I can definitely now I can remember watching the damn Colts on Monday Night Football and, and people are like, oh, we got to see this team on primetime again next week. Great. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Cowboys. I take back all the nice things I just said about Dallas because they're going to make us watch the Colts over those two great games uh, on Sunday Night Football. All right, let's move on. Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson has eight touchdowns since week four. It's a stat that gets thrown around a lot, um, but I think it's just, I just want to, like, the Ravens. What what the hell is going on with the Ravens? You know, I know they're, uh, there's also a bunch of stats about how they've blown leads at an absurd rate this year. Um, of course, we know that's been going on. The Ravens sort of feel like an unlucky team from that standpoint, but also Dalton I don't know, I'm kind of like I'm I'm kind of a, at a point where I I understand like why the Ravens blow leads because they don't have any really good players in their passing game outside of Mandrews and look, Mandrews I think also is kind of like the Deontay Johnson of of tight ends. I know that sounds crazy, but like Deontay Johnson, I, you know, I'm a Deontay Johnson fan. I I love his route running, but he has to be the most mistake prone, like bonehead play. um, if like frequently making bonehead plays among good wide receivers in the NFL. And I think Mark Andrews is kind of like that among tight ends. I mean, he's obviously a better player, I think, than Deontay Johnson's, I think. But that guy makes like at least one. How the F did you miss that? Like, how did you drop that play per week? At least one, sometimes two. And he's their only good threat. Although J.K. Dobbins has been cleared to return uh, off IR. He's in his 21-day practice window. So, I mean, any good reinforcements for the Ravens right now would be welcomed uh, if J.K. Dobbins could come back. But obviously, we just don't know where he is from that knee situation.
0: Yeah, that was a bad drop by Andrews in the in the end zone last week. We've talked about it repeatedly. He's got the one per of... game.
1: He has one, like at least one per game. He has some like boneheaded play like that.
0: The lack of receivers have just killed Baltimore. Lamar ten touchdowns over the first three weeks. He has seven touchdown passes over eight games since. A horrible, horrible matchup this week. I mean. It's the worst for fantasy. I mean, the Broncos have an awful worst offense and a great defense. I mean, last week against the Broncos, the Panthers had a 29% pass rate. That's the Panthers. I mean, they don't, even, they don't have a running quarterback and they're no great defense. I mean, a 29% pass rate. So I expect a lot of runs from from Lamar um, and not a lot of passing. But um, man, at least his his hip injury hasn't prevented him from running. So like the fantasy floor is still there. But yeah, he went from looking lights out as a passer to really bad. I think the nerd stats suggest he's been real off target downfield too. But obviously he's not throwing any. I mean, Deshaun Wat. I'm sorry, Deshaun Jackson came out of bed and made the biggest play downfield. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's 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 not great there in on offense for baltimore cuz they have a really good defense.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough man. I I, I just don't see it really getting better. Yeah, I didn't did Sean Jackson is that the right team that I mess that up? No, yeah, no, he is on okay. the ravens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. All right. <laughs> man, he's like 36 years old I believe he turned. I mean that's that's wild to be the best de- deep threat for them. But yeah. And I think he injured himself too on the play, but uh yeah, that's That will yeah, definitely the one against
1: the saints he caught that or he was at least targeted um it, it, he was at least targeted down the field or something and he popped his hamstring immediately so yeah so, right, yeah, okay. we should do. so we gotta <laughs> check on him every time is De- De- this is this is deshaun jackson's brand man uh it's like every you're just gonna sign with a new team maybe a wreck late september october something like that he's gonna make three or four big plays and then he's gonna have three or four like hamstring injuries and i think he could do like the funny thing is you know you watch him make that play against jacksonville it's like He's still got it, you know. He's still so he's still so much faster than everybody else on the field. It's insane, but he just he just physically can't hold up to it at this point. So why not do this for three or four more years? Like you know, be playing into your forties uh, at this point for Deshaun Jackson. Might as well. Um, I just got a I just got a text from one of my buddies about a, a Liver King TikTok. So uh, I'm gonna have to watch that as soon as we're uh, as soon as. We're oh, he's here. responded.
0: See, okay, awesome. I, uh, I don't I'll know if it's it a
1: response yet. I will we'll have to we'll have to see if he's responded to the. Accusations. Allegation, yes. the the allegations. allegations. Yeah. The yeah, allegations. My bad. Yeah, for
0: sure. Oh, Amazing.
1: Uh, all right. It's Cincinnati funny. Bengals saying the AFC North here. You sent this one in from Next Gen Stats. DJ Reader's presence has been key to the Bengals' success rate against the run. He returned from injury in week 11. The Bengals' 73.3% run defense success rate with Reader on the field in 2022 would lead the NFL by a significant margin. The Titans ranked first at 65.1%. So potentially big uh, thing here for Isaiah Pacheco and the Chiefs this week.
0: Yeah, I just faced uh, Henry too. Just worth noting if you're considering DFS uh, lineups or, or Matt, maybe you're considering Pacheco in your flex. And all, even with, it's tough where we're talking with Lord Podcast. Uh, on one hand, he had all those red zone touches. On the other, he has a tough matchup and doesn't get any target. So it's PPR, you know, it's a, you might be making that decision. And this week, it is a, it's a tough matchup. But again, this is easily the highest over-under of the week, too. And the Chiefs have the highest implied team point total. So you're probably rolling with Pacheco unless you have, you know, a real clear superior option. But just note that this is uh, the toughest matchup against the run in football right now with a healthy reader. Right. Um,
1: I don't necessarily... I don't know necessarily know that, yeah, you, if you have great options, I guess you can move away from Pacheco, but uh, if you don't, like, I, I still think he's, you know, still certainly viable, right? But, I, you know, I expected the Bengals, like, pass defense to kind of fall apart after they started suffering some of those cornerback injuries, and I know they've played, like, their last three games have been the Titans, the Steelers, and the Panthers, so... I don't know. Maybe Mahomes, I think, could come in here and really exploit, like you know, Chedebu Uze being out. Like I think that could that could really be highlighted in this game, like it has not been highlighted previously. Because again, those opponents, uh, you know, the Panthers, the Steelers, the Titans, even the game before that, the Browns, uh, obviously was on Halloween. Like you haven't necessarily played like a murderer's row of passing offenses. Mahomes could come in here and really fillet this team, uh, from a pass defense standpoint. Maybe they don't even need to really uh, establish the run against this team. So that's definitely yeah. something to watch there.
0: Cincinnati allowing the second, sorry, averaging the second most points per game at home this season. There's also an argument out there that their offense has been more efficient without Jamar Chase. He doesn't hold the ball as long. Um, that's another thing we should note here. You know, if, does Chase return and uh, Boyd has been completely absent, and man, Higgins is an alpha. But um, that's it's it's, it's something. Uh, I don't really think they're better, but their offense you know stays on schedule more without Chase. So maybe maybe he's maybe you can combine it. You know, uh, use Chase downfield, but also uh, take fewer sacks
1: yeah uh jamar chase sounds like he is gonna play uh he responded to a uh reporter today uh was you know the reporter was questioning him if he's still gonna have the same explosiveness upon returning sunday and he interrupted and said hell yeah man i'm, I'm not even gonna let you finish that so yeah. <laughs> um i think i definitely look he said that like the main part of him missing the titans game is he didn't want to come back too early and too fast and you know make sure he's handling things the right way long term so i definitely think he's coming back and I know, obviously, like there's some splits that, you know, whatever, like you mentioned or whatever. But I, I think like the most the most important player for them remains Jamar Chase. I mean, they were in that rut earlier this year and and really they didn't do anything differently schematically to get out of it. They're just like, oh, let's just get Jamar Chase the ball as much as possible and let him roll. So I feel like it'll help. And but I, but I give the Bengals a lot of credit, man, because, you know, Joe Burrow's throwing to running backs more often this year than he ever has in his career. I think he has changed his playing style a little bit. Maybe if Chase is back there, he goes back to some of the, you know, hold the ball a long time, you know, let it rip or whatever. But I think they were kind of adjusting that right at the tail end, uh, right before Jamar Chase got hurt.
0: And I think it was a quote recently, him saying that he doesn't care about taking sacks on third downs. And it's a great yeah. point. You know, I mean, it's, it really is. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. And I, and I haven't looked at the percentage he does on that. But, it, but after hearing that, it kind of kind of made me uh, less worried about that part of his game.
1: Next one up here, New York Giants. They rank bottom 12 in point differential the last three weeks. Obviously, they've been a great team throughout the course of the year, Dalton. But, you know, a few weeks ago, and, and this isn't necessarily like a fantasy thing because it's like, okay, you start Saquon Barkley. Like You can mess around with the receivers if you need it, but you're, I think you're getting pretty thin there. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm at a point now where, like, I think the Giants are sort of starting to become who we thought they were. Um, you know, a mercurial team that is pretty talent poor. Uh, they're really well coached. Obviously Brian Dable's done a great job, but I think the last three weeks they've sort of, they sort of looked like the team I expected. And like at this point, if they fell out of the NFC playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised, which is crazy because they started off with such a good record. But like, if they, if they lost like, you know, a bunch of their last few games or whatever, and ended up missing the postseason, I, Number one, I don't think you need to be that upset if you're a giants fan, like this is all like house money gravy type of season. But I, I, I sort of kind of think like Daniel Jones, all of these guys are sort of regressing to the point where they are who we thought they were.
0: Yep, agree with everything you said, including my guy Saquon Barkley. I moved the line with my rushing title bet over summer, but looking at this, they have two more matchups against Washington and two more against Philadelphia's rebuilt uh, run uh, unit. So that's four games. Uh, that's not not ideal. I don't I don't uh, I don't see it with the offense around him. He still looks. Good enough. I know he's been battling that shoulder injury, but uh the supporting cast is just not gonna help Barkley there probably uh, uh you know win that ticket for me.
1: Yeah, last two weeks, 26 carries, 61 yards for Saquon Barkley. Also has just 26 yards as a receiver, 2.4 yards per carry the last two weeks for Barkley. I mean, the la- he obviously had that. Pretty awesome game against the Texans where he had 35 carries for 152 yards, but um certainly looks like they just need they just need more around him, man, like period, I think at this point, and you know all the talk about like oh is Daniel Jones like can they bring him back like a franchise no way, I, I don't think you can do that because this team just is who we thought they were. one of those teams against the damn lions, but anyways, all right, next one up here, what we've all been waiting for New York Jets. Mike White had a 0.65 EPA per drop back in week 12. That was that almost doubled the second highest quarterback last week. Uh, You know, I know some of this is the Chicago Bears. We mentioned that the Vikings actually a pretty good matchup. Anyways, has Mike White come to save our New York Jets? Just such an improvement, just staying on schedule,
0: as they say. Now, one of those uh, touchdowns, Garrett Wilson, uh, Jackson, blew a tire and it would not have resulted in a score. And the Bra- Bears might, you know, have the worst defense right now after trading away they do. their best player. I
1: don't think, like, I don't think they're a normal, just like I don't think Zach Wilson is a normal NFL quarterback. And, like, just having Mike White, who I don't think is a superstar, but is a normal NFL quarterback in there. Huge. Like, upgrade. the the Bears are not a normal NFL defense at this point either. Like, not only yeah, did sure. they trade a bunch of their players away, but like their young dudes, uh, weren't even uh, like weren't playing. Like, they are two rookies they drafted this year, so they were they were throwing out some goofballs there for sure.
0: It was also though I would counter in a heavy rain. You know, it wasn't ideal yeah. conditions. Mike White can sling it. Uh, I I don't know, man. He's uh clearly should get the starting job for the rest of this season. Um, I made a move and a super flex move for him. I like this matchup this week. We talked about the YPA and indoors Garrett Wilson, um, seven games with Zach Wilson. He's the, uh, wide receiver 66, uh, four games without him. He's the wide receiver eight. Um, and Scott Barrett tweets in the first read targets this year number one, DeAndre Hopkins, number two, Devonte Adams, number three, Garrett Wilson in games without Zach Wilson. So, I mean, he just yeah. looks like wow. I'm, I'm gonna rank him as a top 12 fantasy wideout this week in this matchup. Love to see Elijah Moore come back to life, but he ran like 11 routes or something. So, um, yeah, Garrett Wilson is the guy.
1: Yeah, everybody in New York is a rotational player except Garrett Wilson. Since week nine, he's run a route on 98% of the dropbacks. No one else is higher than 77. He has a 28% target share. No one else is higher than 16%. Obviously, some of those are even Zach Wilson games, but the point is, like, they view Garrett Wilson as the center of their universe, and he's a freaking superstar. Like, he totally deserves it. I think Moore could climb back up the depth chart, um, you know, if he continues to stack good games together. Like, I, I love the fact that. The entire locker room, you know, apparently is around Elijah Moore. Like he's free, he's free, he's been freed or whatever. And it's like the one thing they did was change the quarterback. Like that's a tough, tough look if you're Zach Wilson. But I do think like Moore can get back in the good graces of the team. Uh, I've been joking about this, Dalton. Like, you know, my two guys, the last, like my two kind of like second year players. Like oh, I'm gonna put a flag on these guys. Uh, the last two years with reception perception was Brandon Ayuk and Elijah Moore. I'm like, I gotta look at the, I gotta look under the hood. I gotta figure out. What's going on with reception perception that I end up highlighting the two and look, there's other players I like too. but what's the deal with like, why do I keep buying in on the guys that get into fights with their team or whatever end up getting in the doghouse like I got to figure out what that is. That is funny. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know what the deal is, but ultimately, hopefully, Elijah
0: will break out next year, like we're seeing Ayuk, and you're just a year ahead. Because clearly, the skills are there. Maybe work out of the slot more. But man, you love love watching to see what Garrett Wilson can do with the real quarterback now. And uh, Magic Mike White is one. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe you know he's had some awful games last year. I get it, and it was against a favorable matchup. But, uh, man, I expect another real nice performance this week. I'm starting him in our injury pro I started him last week in our injury-prone league, and I'll do it again in this matchup uh, in Minnesota. I'm t- talking super flex, but he could easily put up top 10 QB numbers again this week in this matchup.
1: I definitely think that's uh, within the realm of possibility. And also, by the way, like, this transitions cleanly to the 49ers here because I keep saying, like, look, again, you need a normal quarterback because a, a normal quarterback is set up to succeed in this offense so well. It's the same offense, uh, although I think, like, Michael LaFleur has added some real nice wrinkles there in New York. Uh, but basically, what, are they, what do we know about the 49ers, bro? It's like Jimmy G. This is the stat for this one ranks fifth in EPA per play this season. Jimmy G is always the EPA per play, EPA per drop back king. He's always up there with dudes like, Mahomes, he's up there with dudes like Josh Allen, you know, the guys we consider elite of elite. Even Tua playing in Mike McDaniel's offense, and he's, I think Tua's having a great year. You know, he's probably driving that stat, I think, a little more than Jimmy G's driving his stat, but, like, he's up there in EPA per play, right? He's, because he's throwing a great receivers, but it's a really well-designed offense as well. Like, Mike White just needs to be a normal NFL quarterback. Zach Wilson, not a normal NFL quarterback. But Jimmy G, focusing on him here, fifth in EPA per play. There's a lot we could talk about with the 49ers, because they have so many Fantasy players, we care about. Christian McCaffrey's not going to practice here on Wednesday. Elijah Mitchell's going to miss a bunch of weeks, but um, I don't know. I've already taken time into our five minute uh, timer here, but uh, I'll, I'll start it now. Now that you're going to start talking here, Dalton.
0: Yeah, Garoppolo was not great last week. The def- the offensive line struggled, one of its worst games of the season, and he especially struggled under pressure, like most quarterbacks. Threw a bad interception up ten to nothing to a linebacker that was just uh, luckily called back to- due to a penalty, and that could have changed the entire game. This week against the Dolphins, we said it should be a fun one. A couple of specific players to note. Uh, The Dolphins use a lot of man coverage, and that's uh, been really good for Brandon Ayuk. This year. I also really like George Kittle's matchup here. Banged up running backs, banged up Debo Samuel. Uh the the Dolphins are arguably the, the most favorable matchup against opposing tight ends. I know the the Cardinals have all those points, but it, just for opponents and whatnot, the Dolphins are right there, including getting just uh, annihilated by Jordan Akins last week. So I really like Kittle in a matchup. The Niners may have to pass more than usual. And again, let's hammer home this running back situation. Uh man, Elijah Mitchell cannot stay on the field. CMC see now dealing with this injury uh, McCaffrey had six targets before halftime last week but it's it's an, it's a health thing now so it's just 100% comes down to his health and while people will be fighting over Jordan Mason is it uh price? uh, enter Tevin Coleman. I mean, he's going to be here. I mean, mean, it's just going to be a disaster. So hopefully CMC can be healthy. And then to me, there's not anyone that stands out because it could be any of those three. Um, it was clearly Elijah Mitchell. He's out. And now, unfortunately, it's going to be a mess behind, uh, McCaffrey, but yeah, Niners defense has been dominant, uh, without Eric Armstead and Kinlaw, but they get such a test against the Dolphins this week. Should be a fun one.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty concerned about, um, you know, if you're gonna go heavy after any of those running backs that so you'll just get you'll get the wrong one. Like I think it's it's not great analysis, but it is what it is. Like we'll I think we'll know a lot more this time next week based on how these guys get used behind Christian McCaffrey, if any of them are, you know, there's a chance that McCaffrey's just still, like, they don't let him, they don't let him practice, they manage him during the week, and then he goes full on during the during Sunday, like, I think that's definitely within the range of outcomes, you're, you know, you mentioned Debo's not healthy, uh, I think that's a part of the splits, but of course, like, I saw Dwayne McFarland point this out today, and I, I chimed in a little bit on it, like, the addition of chris mccaffrey has been really rough for debo samuels usage his target share is pre cmc 23% 24% 29% 29% 30% 25% uh since cmc got there 14 17 32 14% um you know some of that i think is health induced also though you know we know that those like I said, six targets to McCaffrey, like he's become that gimme layup route guy for this team. And like he those guys are gonna eat into each other a little bit. So it really is you know, I know like we're Ayuk bros, but he's like easily the guy the, the easiest guy to project on the team right now from a passing standpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean, Debo had what eight rushing touchdowns and thirty some carries last year. We all knew that was going to be tough to sustain, and I hammered it home, but I keep trying to hammer home that Ayuk is the guy when they get in close. You know, two targets inside yeah. the ten the last three weeks. So, um, yeah, that that's going to contribute to the to the TDs for Debo too. But Debo will be he'll have some eruption games, but health is definitely concerned now. He said this hamstring's different one than what he suffered before. He's constantly he's been on the sidelines during both games, getting stretched out. So he's clearly not one hundred percent. And and Ayuk's yeah. uh, emergence hurts him. I mean, it's as simple as Definitely. that. I mean, he's we, it's an offense that's extremely run heavy that has George Kittle, Garoppolo, quarterback, and, and an emerging Ayuk, and, and and also you're adding McCaffrey. So that's just a horrible setup for someone that was drafted in the second round of fantasy drafts.
1: Yeah, this is a point we made during the summer. It was like though like everybody was like oh the usage for Debo in weeks one through eight like we need that again not what we got towards it he's like that is never going to happen again because the situation that was going on there with Ayuk and you know Kittle being banged up as well like that stuff's ne- that world is never coming back that's a world that's not real so like you almost need to just throw it out of your mind completely and I think Debo's a great player but like people were thinking he was like a up there with Justin Jefferson type of receiver and he's just not like he's a different type of player a great player but he's not that type of receiver and he runs like big boy NFL routes too like dig routes in routes slant routes stuff like that but he's just not a full field type of man coverage beater like these other great receivers are so you know now we're at this point with Debo and I think he was just he was like a misunderstood player coming into this year and I think it was kind of I mean, I still drafted some of Debo when he got to like the third round and stuff like that, but I think he was a misunderstood player this year. And obviously we didn't see the McCaffrey thing coming, but that certainly contributed to this as well. And uh, it's just unfortunate.
0: One final note here. I may have misspoke. It says there's possible light showers, but the weather should be fine here. And it's looking at Mike McDaniel uh, versus the Niners and, and just how well Tua's been playing. Man, this should really be a good one. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into the game of the week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't be surprised. All right. 13 seconds on the clock there. Boom. We did it. All right. On that note, let's take a quick break here. When we get back, we will go through the stats for all of the other teams in the NFL. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. We're here at the Tennessee Titans right now. I want to talk about Traylon Burks, who since week 10, when he came back off IR, has run a route on 75% of the dropbacks, 21% target share, 14.6 air yards per target, 14 catches, 205 yards since week 10. How are we feeling about Traylon Burks? It's not a great matchup here against the Eagles. Um, but you know, Christian Watson, obviously. Watson's like a freakier player than Burks, of course. Like if, you know, he's more Martavis Bryant. I don't think uh Traylon Burks is that type of receiver. But, you know, he could he definitely make he's his best route is like still the crossing route and the go route, just like uh Christian Watson. So maybe there's something there, but tough matchup for Traylon Burks. But how are you feeling about his usage so far? Derrick Henry, two
0: point eight yards per carry the last three weeks. There's some rumblings that he's playing injured, but he looked good on that long pass catch. You know, he nearly yeah, he took looked it awesome. to the house. Um, and I'm bringing it back with great hustle by Tray- Traylon Burks, uh, uh, recovering that fumble in the end zone for I a I feel touchdown. bad that
1: that was his first touchdown in the NFL, though, right? Like, I mean, that kind of it's cool you scored a touchdown, but still, like, that stinks. You would have yeah. preferred it to be an actual catch. Yeah,
0: no, no, no doubt. Um, yeah, not a great matchup this week, but he passes the eye test. He looks good. He's finally getting the um, the uh, the looks with the target percentage. So I'm uh, I'm still treating him as a wide receiver three, despite you know the opposing cornerbacks being being difficult this week.
1: Yeah, I definitely think, like, wide receiver three, that makes sense to me. All right, next one here, Washington Commanders. They rank 32nd in neutral pass rate since week 10. You know, the target share number is still a grade for Terry McLaurin, but, like, they're not throwing the ball enough at this point. Now, I'm not going to criticize them for it because they're winning games, and I think it's, like, having a good running game is, is what you want. With Taylor Heineke under center, you want him, like, taking shots every now and again, not consistently over the course of a game. And the fact their defense has been so good, that's also part of this. Just the rushing share numbers for these two dudes since then. Uh, Brian Robinson, 48% of the carries, coming off an awesome game. Uh, Antonio Gibson, who obviously is more involved in the passing game, 33% here. Uh, Where are we at with the Washington Commanders' backfield and the offense overall?
0: Yeah. Taylor Heineke did not attempt 30 passes in a game during November. Um, I hyped up McLaurin last week, but again, just a lack of, I mean, the target share is nice, but he has seven targets and six targets. The last two games, the defense yeah. emerging and playing so well has been a problem as has the the schedule leading to poor game scripts. And it could be more of the same, you know, especially against the giants, probably another lower scoring game uh, with a dominant defense. This pass rush hasn't even had chase young yet. So, um, expect more of the same with the two running backs the focal points of this offense and uh it's not ideal for any of the pass catchers. Yeah, it's really not.
1: Um you know they need if you start Terry McLaurin fantasy he's just like a volatile wide receiver too pretty much he has a you can count on the floor a little bit like he's not going to completely disappear like he did in games with Wentz but it's just it's not going to be there from a ceiling perspective unless he has a crazy play like he did against the Colts with Heineke but Heineke's going to give him those chances more than Wentz so that just kind of like we know what the like I've always said with wide receivers like Terry McLaurin they go from one bad quarterback to another uninspiring quarterback you have to do a little bit of bargaining with yourself it's like okay well it's better for this way better that way I've, yeah. I've said that that before. So our next one up here. Chargers. I I put this stat on there. Uh, Keenan Allen played a season high 89% of snaps, but I like the one that you put put on here way more. The Chargers have allowed a season high rush yards to every opposing running back since week six. It it's wild. Yeah. James Conner last week 120.
0: I don't believe he had reached 70 in a game. Uh Pacheco, 107 before that. Elijah Mitchell 89 before that. Tyler Adil, Algier, uh, easy yeah. for you to say. Uh, ninety-nine. Kenneth. W- it keeps going. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild how bad this run defense has been. Uh, you can really pointed direct line to when Joey Bosa went out too so uh expect more of the same uh this week although I don't know if Josh Jacobs will be able to suit up it's pretty wild when you read into it how questionable he really was he apparently suffered a real injury Friday he even had to talk his coaches into coming back in overtime before that 84-yard touchdown run so hopefully he just sits out all practice all week and uh it's good to go because boy he has another matchup just primed for a smash spot
1: yeah, let's actually just do the Raiders one right now, too, because it directly uh, ties into this one. The Raiders stat that I put on there because I wanted to talk about these running backs, um, you know, was just that they're 11th in rushing success rate this season. Obviously, Josh Jacobs has been like the key to that. So where do we let's say Josh Jacobs sits like, how do we feel about Samir White? How do we feel uh, feel about Amir Abdullah, who obviously more about passing down threat? For Amir Abdullah, I think Mike Clay had some crazy stat that like every single play he'd been on the field so far was a passing play until last week um, was Amir Abdullah. So uh, just by the way, the Chargers, because they're a ridiculous matchup here, they get the Raiders this week. They get the Dolphins next week, the Titans week after that, the Colts after that, the Rams after that, don't care. And then the Broncos, like the last two, we don't care. The Rams backfield, the Broncos backfield, whatever, who gives a damn. But like those four matchups, they pretty interesting for the Chargers uh, rushing game.
0: Yeah, you know, I believe Samir White doesn't have more than two carries in a game this year. Seven routes run all year, but I, I mean, if if the reports are he's gonna be the the, the lead back, you gotta use him as a RB three or a flex spot in that matchup. But yeah, it's it's not great that there's no like obvious guy to to plug and play in Vegas just because Samir White's such an unknown. Um, yeah, but in in this matchup. We really have to pay extra close attention to to that Raiders backfield situation, and they're the most condensed team, I believe. If you look at the percentage of fantasy production, they're number one. It's all Josh Jacobs and Adams. I mean, it's uh, it's yeah. it's, it's it's you really like to see that in, in fantasy terms. It it really is uh very very condensed in, in Vegas.
1: Chargers giving up four point four yards per carry. Uh, that's point two more than the number the the second highest team in the NFL. I mean, my God, like. It's embarrassing that they can't fix this problem. Uh, I know, like you said, Joey Bosa gets hurt, but they weren't set up to sustain a lot of injuries there, and they have sustained those injuries. All right. Next one up here is the Patriots. We'll get to them in TNF. So that brings us to the Seahawks. Seahawks wide receivers uh, this year. Ian Harditz pointed this out. You put it on the outline. DK Metcalf, 59 catches, 671 yards, four touchdowns, 92 targets overall. The great Tyler Lockett, though, baby, 57 catches, 709 yards and six touchdowns on just 73 targets. I'm guilty of this as well, Dalton, that like every week in the rankings and like rest of season rankings, stuff like that. There's a gap between these two dudes, but like that gap has not existed. In fact, it's been a bit of a gap the other way that Lockett has been better than Metcalf this year.
0: Yeah, I led my bus column this week with DK Metcalf. So cue a monster performance from him. <laughs> but what an odd season. He's not been a top 25 fantasy wideout in, per game in half PPR, despite ranking top 12 in targets, target share, air yards, air yarded share. And he's top three in red zone targets. And this is with Geno Smith now the heavy favorite to win comeback player of the year. He's like minus 300. uh, Leads the NFL in true completion percentage. So what is the deal here? I mean, Metcalf was supposed to be playing injured last year, and he's supposed to be healthy. Um... So last week, he was the wide receiver 17, despite getting 15 targets against a Raiders secondary that was allowing a higher passer rating than Patrick Mahomes' career mark. Uh, So something, I don't know what's going on there with Metcalf, but he's being outplayed by Lockett. uh, And this week, he gets a Rams team that was getting on offense, was the worst, getting the fewest yards per play before losing Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and Allen Robinson. So I expect uh, they're also the slowest pace in neutral situations. So I expect the Seahawks to bounce back with an easy win by just running the ball like crazy with Aaron Donald out. So I don't like the setup and I don't like how he's performed. But
1: again, that just means, of course, Metcalf's going to go off for three three tutties. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely feels like a great locket week. You know, I've pointed this out that the Rams play the most zone coverage in the NFL and it is soft, soft, soft zone coverage. Like Tyler Lockett in the slot can rip these dudes up. I think that gives something for DK too, but Lockett's definitely a better uh, zone beating receiver. It's funny too, because like the overall numbers for Metcalf don't look bad. Like he's wide receiver 19 in uh half PPR right now. He's got 92 targets. Like you mentioned, he's yeah 7.3 yards per target, whatever, 11.4 yards per catch, uh, whatever. Like that's fine. But, this did always irk me in the offseason why I do have a lot of Tyrell Lockett teams is because, like, people ignored the fact that Lockett had better target percentage numbers with Geno Smith last year when he started. And, like, I, I, he's just as good of a receiver as DK Metcalf is. He is just as good of a talent. So, like, this idea that it's so shocking that Lockett's better, it's like, he's just as good as DK Metcalf, period. Like, I, I don't know why people... um well, I don't know. I don't know why people have been so slow to, to figure that out. But yeah, he's just locked yeah, his more
0: dude. More yards and 33% more touchdowns and 20 fewer targets.
1: I mean, yeah, Lockett's, Lockett's the man. He is the man. All right. Uh, Tempe Buccaneers here. Next one uh, Tempe's neutral pass rate. In 2020 and 2021, 59 percent, third most uh, since week eight this year, 56 percent, ninth most. Dalton, the Bucks just feel like a very, very different and very, very conservative team this year. We've talked a lot about obviously the curse, witchcraft, et cetera. I- I'm starting to think they're just not that well of a coach team right now.
0: Well, yes, yeah, so too many runs on first and ten that aren't successful. Um, you just love the setup though for Rashad White securing all nine targets. He hit three catches in overtime last week, so. Um, I'm just really curious for nets usage and health moving forward. What's going to happen there? Because yeah, this is a team that runs the ball. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Is Godwin suddenly healthier than Evans? I mean, there's a weird, weird I think lack so. of rapport between yeah. Evans and, and Brady, but yeah, it's been a weird season, but Brady, you got to give him credit. He has a knack for playing in the NFL's worst division, just year in and year out. He's just,
1: he's the goat at that. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that part of uh, Giselle's protection spell does seem to still be working. Yeah. So at least there's some lingering fe- effects from that one. Speaking of that division, Atlanta Falcons, you sent this in uh, from Jeff Bell. Olamide Zaccheaus became the first Falcon to top 90 receiving yards in 2022. In week 12, Kyle Pitts now out for the season. I don't tell you, like, the Zacchaeus plays are good. The Demir Bird plays are good. And Mariota is not good, by the way. My God, he was terrible against Washington. And he's been like, I think he's been the worst non-Baker like Baker Mayfield starting quarterback this year, Marcus Mariota. He's at least up there. Meanwhile, or Zach Jake Wilson. Or Zach Wilson. Well, yeah, well, yeah, he's in a tier by himself. Yeah, uh, he's not a normal NFL quarterback, like I said, so.
0: Drake London surpassed 50 receiving yards in each of the first three games of his career and hasn't since week three. And that's with, you know, Pitts missing. So it's, uh, I hate the Drake so far his rookie year, but we can pretty much point to the quarterback play and maybe he's a buy
1: low in dynasty because yeah, Mariota, it's been a disaster for sure. He has been a disaster and it is pretty wild that it does not seem like it is even in Arthur Smith's mind to potentially go to Desmond Ritter, which, you know, might say something about Arthur Smith might say something about desmond ritter i don't know i'd at least try to get a look at the dude but they're in contention here to win the damn division so i kind of get it if he's just not ready to play at all like you're just not going to play him for no reason uh all right next one up here indianapolis colts 37.9 percent of matt ryan's passes since week 10 when he got back as a starter have gone for 10 plus yards only three quarterbacks are lower than that colt mccoy tom brady lol and russell wilson so far uh in that stretch it was kind of crazy to me that Troy Aikman was like marveling at why are they throwing the ball downfield? Why aren't they throwing a the ball downfield? I'm like, because well, Matt Ryan is totally cooked. Like the one pass he got to Michael Pittman was all, it was like that was that was like a godsend. That was the first time we seen Michael Pittman get like a downfield, you know, throw it up to him target all year long.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I thought that it was a sneaky play for Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce had seen the targets the week before too and he just totally disappeared. Yeah, I, it's a disaster with Ryan. The the um yeah, he he looks almost toast. It's 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 not great. Pittman uh, Pittman's yeah. another buy low for that would really change his his outlook moving forward with a with a changing quarterbacks next year.
1: Yeah, he's made a couple mistakes this year, drops stuff like that, but you know, He's a great receiver, man. Uh, he's still like the only guy who can consistently get open uh, on that team. He's just a very good player. You know, I had somebody ask me in the middle of the game, like, are we to the point where we can drop Michael Pittman? I'm like, no, man. I mean, he's like the only guy you can even think about starting in this passing game right now. Although Jelani Woods, that was exciting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan I, I, loves I,
0: his tight end. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Loves his tight ends, You know, VCU's finest, Mo'Ally Cox. That's never going to happen. But uh, UVA's finest. University of Virginia is fine. It's Jelani Woods. Maybe he could be uh, he could be something there. Uh, so we'll we'll see, man. I uh, I really think that uh, if they played him more, like I know he probably doesn't totally understand the tight end position, or he's not fully developed. Whatever. Like it takes tight ends a long time to kind of transition, and he was a late bloomer, anyways, in college, Jelani Woods. But. He just looks like he looks different, bigger than everybody else out there. I would love to see more of that dude uh, going forward rest of the season. All right. Next game up here, Cleveland Browns. Uh, The Texans have been run on 378 times this year. That's the most in the NFL. Uh, I feel like this week, I know that obviously all the talk is about Deshaun Watson coming back. I think Nick Chubb could easily steal that spotlight this week.
0: 100 uh, percent. Nick Chubb has not faced a bottom 15 run defense since week five, but he's remained wow. plenty productive. Um, Houston, meanwhile, has allowed five different running backs to run for at least 140 yards. Um, Deshaun Watson's first game since essentially 2000. I would expect him. I would expect this team to lean heavily on on the running backs. Uh, they're seven point favorites. Um, Chubb's getting 5.3 yards per carry on the road in this great matchup. So, yeah, you, you could rank him number as your number one uh, fantasy back this week. No problem.
1: All right, Detroit Lions Dalton, hit me with some of those golf nugs you had in the Toyota video this morning.
0: All right, we'll talk a little Jared Goff. I mean, did I surprise you with that pick too? I uh, had to have. Huh? Yeah, yeah, we got it uh.
1: for the, for the uninitiated here. We do a video uh, every week where we um, it, but sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect between folks who are watching our videos and like people who are watching our podcast or listening to our podcast. Because I had people hit me up like, "Oh, fantasy football live, wh- where can we watch it on Sunday morning?" When I talked about it with Andy on Monday, I'm like. Watch all the watch the Yahoo videos. Listen to the podcast. Do it all. Just make Yahoo the center of your life. OK, make a, you can't get enough Dalton or Andy Barons or Scott Pienowski, OK, you need to get as much as possible. But anyways, we do a video every week uh, for the site uh, where we f- f- highlight fantasy legends, you know, who's a matchup proof player that's going to have an epic fantasy performance. And Dalton hits me with his first pick, Jared Goff. Yes, you did. You did take me by surprise there.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's matchup proof, if that worked. But this matchup, (laughs) I really liked this one. I mean, the Lions are averaging the third most points per game at home this season behind only the Bills and Bengals. Goff's awful on the road, two touchdowns, seven turnovers. At home, 15 touchdown passes, three turnovers. He's averaging averaging more touchdown passes at home than any quarterback in the league this season other than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, total. And he's just getting 2.6. So nearly the same amount as Mahomes is getting, Goff is getting when playing in Detroit, Jacksonville's defense allowing the second most yards per play over the last three weeks. Lions receivers are healthier. So yeah, I'm ranking Goff as like my quarterback eight this week, I think. And his ECR is like the 16th or something. So um, he's uh, very affordable in DFS. I think it was like 24 bucks or something. So yeah, I like Goff, uh, but what could go wrong? I mean, <laughs> Goff. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my thesis at least. But again, with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, I wouldn't be shocked if they ran in four touchdowns. But I will say with the way Trevor Lawrence is playing and the way their defense is playing, even with an improving yeah. Detroit defense, I love this game to be super high score scoring so yeah i i think this is a an interesting uh game to to stack in dfs
1: yeah and we can bleed it right into the jaguars uh one here because they're next on the list and and obviously they're playing christian i think this is a really good christian kirk week on the other end of it the lions defense has definitely gotten better but they allow the most yards to slot players 655 since week 10 which is kind of like when they started turning their defense around from a like from a run defense standpoint getting a little bit better as a pass defense like we saw damn isaiah McKenzie tear up the Lions on Thanksgiving as a slot player. Like Christian Kirk, obviously Zay Jones at the big game last week. I think this week could be Christian Kirk. So if you're stacking this game up, that's a nice note there for Kirk uh, from a DFS perspective.
0: Uh, and Trevor Lawrence's target percentage has improved dramatically throughout the season. Um, great match indoors here. Um, ah, Again, I like him as a top 10 easy easy QB this week too. Uh, love Goff and, and, and Lawrence in this matchup.
1: All right, we got the Raiders next. We already took care of them, so let's move to the Steelers here. This one is – I'm being generous calling this a stat. There's a number in here, but it comes in from our guy Edwin Porras of uh, Fantasy Points. Najee Harris is a high risk to miss one to two games. Jalen Warren was out in week 12 with a hamstring injury. The average return time is one and a half games, although Jalen Warren was, quote, cleared to play in week 13. But Edwin worries that Jalen Warren – could be pushing, uh, to re- or the Steelers could be pushing to return him before he's ready, basically. So he points out Benny Snell. And my God, like, is it Benny Snell? Is it Jalen Warren? Some running back is going to rip up the Falcons, man, because everybody rips up the Falcons from a rushing perspective. Yep, totally. Just a situation
0: to pay attention to. It was unfortunate injury, Najee leaving the game. And um, uh, yeah, McFarlane looked really good at times, too. So. I know, yeah.
1: The Colts have a good run defense, but it's like, Oh, Benny, Benny Snell looking good. Anthony McFarland looking good. And, you know, Najee Harris gets hurt.
0: Yeah. And this one final note here in targets, uh, Ian Harditz uh, tweeted, Deontay Johnson, your guy, 32 more targets and pick and PPR points. Uh, they're essentially identical. And 32 fewer fewer targets this season. So, Pickett's yeah, I, I love that. But
1: meanwhile, by the way, every Deontay Johnson target on the sideline sailing 10 yards over his head. So, Fair, but huh? yeah, <laughs> he's he, <laughs> okay. he is still a mistake. Yeah, it's like why is these yards per target so low? Kenny Pickett sails a ball over his head. Uh, but it would be nice if, like, can somebody just tell Deontay Johnson? Like, he actually hasn't been. That, I know he dropped a touchdown against the Colts. His Drop numbers aren't terrible this year, but could somebody tell the guy when you get the ball in the open field, go? towards the end zone stop going towards the sideline it's like a mag like a magnet that brings him to the sideline and he ends up losing like four yards he's got to have like the worst log- yards lost after the catch in the nfl like my god uh great route runner but definitely a mistake prone player for sure deontay johnson um arizona cardinals another wide receiver here marquise brown ran a route on 100 of the dropbacks last week in his return was not limited about a 30% target share and a 60% slot player uh, in terms of snaps played in the slot Marquise Brown is it like you can heat check me on this is it crazy to think that he might be a better receiver rest of the season than DeAndre Hopkins I don't know if I believe that but I love the way he's been used by the Cardinals this year Uh, about the only nice thing I could say about the Cardinals offense right now is I liked Marquise Brown's usage that's
0: not crazy at all, because if you look at the production from the slot position in Arizona, it's been an elite fantasy receiver this year. And we're talking guys
1: like Greg Dortch, you know, and Rondell Moore learning to play, basically. Um, Those guys thought, were hurt last week. So I don't That might like Brown might kick back outside when they get back. But it, you're right, though. It's been a great position, right?
0: They both also might be multiple week injuries, too, though, uh, as well. And Trey McBride, I thought was a sneaky tight end play last week to him play the slot. And boy, did Oof. that not work out at all. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, I told uh, fantasy managers to sit uh, Brown Hollywood last week because I believed um, Kingsbury and thought he was going to be very limited the first game back. But um, I was wrong there. He looked great. And um, he, yeah, you got to start him moving forward and hope he stays in that coveted slot role. That would be huge.
1: Yeah, I would love to see that. Uh, they are on a bye this week, so it could give Rondell more yeah, Greg Dorch, yeah, time to get back. Good so, yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, but either way, like Marquise Brown's usage a lot. All right, Carolina Panthers here. This one comes in from Jacob Gibbs. I, I got you, you. Send a Jacob Gibbs tweet at least once per week on the outline. I gotta, I gotta like actually follow this guy. So let a me, couple let me of take them
0: I've already used for his. Yeah, he's a really good tweeter. Recommended.
1: Alright, cool. I'm going to follow him just on your recommendation here, uh, and because you said it at least. I actually like I can't keep quoting the guy's tweet and not follow him on Twitter. That's a real scumbag move by me. Anyways, this one uh, comes in from Jacob Gibbs. It appears as if truly anyone other than Baker Mayfield will do for DJ Moore. Target per route run rate, 27% with PJ Walker, 27% with Sam Darnold, 20% with Baker Mayfield. Yards per route run rate, 2.18 with PJ Walker, 2.03 with Uh, Sam Darnold, 1.07 with Baker Mayfield. Oh, Dalton, do you mean to tell me that yards per route run, uh, the holy metric of evaluating wide wide receivers, is not a wide receiver stat? (laughs) Is that what you mean to tell me?
0: Yeah, I know you'd love that one, but yeah, boy, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't realize that Sam Darnold was significantly better than Baker Mayfield entering this year. I got to say, that's been a revelation yeah. to, for me, man. Wow, but yeah, ugly stuff, but definitely something to note when you're looking at DJ Moore because Baker Mayfield's apparently you gotta sit more whenever he's starting.
1: I I don't want to have a big in-depth conversation about uh DJ Moore here. Uh because I'm I'm trying to like not have a video clipped of DJ Moore or like have my buddy Ryan tell me that's my guy because we talk about him too much on the podcast. Uh but anyways, last thing I'll say here on this is just like the thing, like I don't know if Sam Darnold's better than Baker Mayfield, but he's but Baker Mayfield just can't hit difficult timing throws, like a period. And, and you know, It's just like, that's, that's what a number one wide receiver runs like outside guy like DJ Moore, like Odell Beckham back in Cleveland. So that's why he just, he's not that player. Like he's not good at that stuff. And that's why he is, uh, I just think like his 2020 season will go down as one of the most environment propped up quarterback seasons for a long time. Baker Mayfield, like great offensive line, great running game, awesome offensive play call by Kevin Stefanski. And like, I think that we've exposed Baker Mayfield since then. I think he was getting like 10 and a half
0: yards per screen. Like, he was really bad. Yeah, yeah. Much, we, yeah. I, we
1: definitely have talked about that on, like, the Statner podcast last year that at one point he was – I think he was averaging, like, 13.3 yards yeah, per attempt on the I screen mean, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. last year. So. so, crazy stuff. All right, next one up here, Green Bay Packers. Sounds like Aaron Rodgers Aaron, uh, is going to play, but let's talk about Jordan Love real quick, like, expectations if he ends up starting. I thought this was interesting that in his Week 12 relief action – obviously relief action, trying to come back, whatever – 10.7 air yards per attempt, 2.8 time to throw. In his 2021 start, 7.8 air yards per attempt, 2.4 time to throw. Um, I don't know. Just I thought Love looked good. I thought he looked like much more confident, decisive, and like he was willing to hang in there and like throw the ball down the field a little bit more. And the numbers kind of backed that up.
0: Yeah, I thought he looked uh, good as well. Just curious to see if he gets a chance here or um you know, eventually. Uh, uh, Christian Watson looks so good, man. He just I know he looks great, looks different. It just speed looks different out there. He looks so, so good. And um, I have him nowhere. Um I was a Dobbs guy. But Watson is is just he's going to people are going to be fighting over to draft him at, at fantasy draft tables next year. And
1: rightfully so. Dobbs did get back at practice apparently today. Um, I, I mean, I think Romeo Dobbs is a pretty good player too. But yeah, Mark, like I almost just called him Martavis Bryant, like Christian Watson. That was my pre-draft comparison for him was Martavis Bryant. I've talked about it a lot on the show, and I just think it fits perfectly with uh, with his game. He's not a complete receiver, but like try to catch him you know, in the open field, uh, on crossing routes and stuff like that. It's uh it's pretty difficult. So great, great young, uh, player. There is Christian Watson. Next one up here, New Orleans saints. This one comes in from Dwayne McFarlane. Uh, since 2011, only four rookie receivers have eclipsed an 80 PFF grade and a 22% target share. Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase. Pretty good list to be on. We've got two guys so far in 2022. Chris Olave, 84.5 and 24%. Garrett Wilson, 81.8 and 23%. I mean, Chris Olave, dude, like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like, and I'm sure this is a a small thing and like a, I don't know, like a, 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 maybe a potential straw man I'm talking to here, but like, you know, like, I talk about these two guys. Like, I think they are the top two guys in this class right now. I think Drake London's pretty close, but I think those are the top two guys in this class right now. It's really tough to pick between them. But, like, I tweet about that and I still get people like, oh, no, George Pickens definitely better than Chris Olave. I'm like, get out of here, man. Like, the, I like George Pickens, but get out of here. Like, Chris Olave is already a stud, and I feel like people still don't regard him as that.
0: Yeah, he's had a couple tough matchups, or at least last week in San Francisco, this week in Tampa, and then the bye week. So not ideal for fantasy terms, but boy, he looks like a future superstar. I'm with you there. And Garrett Wilson, just such an, such an alpha too. Yeah, yeah, what's not to like about these guys? It looks like a, a great uh, receiving class. And Olave, yes, his situation will improve next year. Gets to play indoors, hopefully a, a, a much improved quarterback situation, and he's going to be a superstar moving forward.
1: Well, except the fact that, um, you know, Reception Perception loves him. And in his second year, he will certainly be in uh Dennis Allen's <laughs> doghouse yeah, next sure. <laughs> year. So <laughs> I apologize already for that when, like, he's not even playing real snaps next year. Uh, But, yeah, no, I kid. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. All right. Denver Broncos. This one comes in from Field Gates. Denver is now down to 14.27 points per game this season. It's the worst by any team in the NFL since the 2000 Browns. 10.1. I mean, my God, who was even on the 2000 Browns? Uh, Like, I I don't know. I'm going to look it up as we're talking here because this is so embarrassing for Russell. Tim Couch, Doug Peterson, (laughs) Doug Peterson, 210 passes for the 2000 Cleveland Browns, two touchdowns to eight interceptions for Doug Peterson, current head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I don't know who I, these these receivers and running backs. I don't know who these dudes are like Travis Prentons, Never heard of him before. They're leading rusher. Kevin Johnson, David Patton, Dennis Northcutt. I mean, I have heard of some of those dudes before, but still, my God.
0: Yeah, what what do we I, I don't know. This is just shocking that Geno Smith, heavy favorite to win comeback player of the year award and Russell Wilson. I, I believe I saw stat. he was the 33rd fantasy QB last week uh you know there's uh, i believe 32 started so um <laughs> not ideal uh it's it's really not not great a season for him and the fact that he's d- a 55 million dollar dead cap hit in 2 years when he's 37 years old isn't great either for Denver whomever their coach will be then but um yeah it's it's bad this is just a horrible matchup for fantasy opponents cuz the broncos have a really good defense and the worst offense since the year 2000
1: I don't know what they. I don't even know what they do either. Like I don't know what they do next year. I yeah. The, you can't bring back Hackett, but like, do you really want like oh let's get Russ involved in head coaching search because he's uh, I don't even know that he, you can guarantee that he's going to be the starter like next year. I think they have to bring in like competent. I don't know what a disaster. I All guess right, we'll half, half his then.
0: teammates showed up to his birthday party supposedly last night. I don't know. Ciara didn't Ciara, yeah.
1: like was it Ciara's birthday party yeah. or no? Th- she threw, threw a party, party for yeah. him.
0: She threw a party for him, and I guess half his teammates showed up
1: is what they're saying, but not great Russ not great yeah well, maybe they wanted to see what all the bathrooms looked like the more the you know, the more bathrooms are gonna he's gonna have than touchdown passes <laughs> or whatever exactly. they wanted to see what each one of them looked like all right we don't have to spend a lot of time on this next team either the rams ranked 32nd in rushing success rate and 29th in passing success rate since week eight you mentioned Allen robinson out for the year cooper cup on ir they ain't bringing him back uh, matthew stafford in the concussion protocol they just ruled out aaron donald For week thirteen, they're another team that. Hey, let me since we don't need to talk about the Rams here, like from a fantasy perspective, they do yourself a favor. Don't start any Rams in fantasy. There, boom. There's the analysis. Do you think? Will you think less of Sean McVay if he like retires at the end of this year? Like, I kind of think I do. If if he just quits, like after putting this team in a hole this way and like has this disaster season, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the Urban Meyer and take time off, and uh, you know, whatever, go to TV. I think I'll think less of him a little bit if he does.
0: And I think they were close to trading two first rounders for Brian Burns. They were. Yeah. No, that the just, yeah. That would yeah, have been hilarious. Yeah. They were going to do it. The Panthers said no. If they mortgaged even more of their future for this season would have been great. I think he's definitely leaving. But yeah. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't fault you for feeling uh, losing some respect for him because it's a disaster situation. But I mean, that's why you want like your GM and coaches, you know, different timelines really. But Hey, they won the Super Bowl, um, and boy, they were down 10 at home to the Niners and then didn't have to face the Chiefs or the Bills, so it worked out. You know, flags fly forever. But um, yeah, I, I think McVay is probably is going to leave. I-, I would prepare myself for that. I actually would be surprised if he returns to this show, actually, at this point. <laughs>
1: yeah i don't know man i just think it's like kind of the coward's way out but that's uh, oh, no doubt no, i'm just... not
0: arguing with you there but i think it might have been i mean yeah yeah i hear you at the same time i don't know if it, it's so far deep it's almost can you blame him but it's definitely a cowardly way for sure
1: yeah i don't know what a mess uh we'll have a lot more time in the offseason to, to to dissect that stuff hey this one next one the chicago bears from andy Barron's stat pack article of course andy barron's david montgomery Gained 60 of his 79 rushing yards after contact last week. He also forced seven missed tackles on his 14 carries, the highest for any back in week 12. And he has four of his attempts went for 10 or more yards. Pretty decent matchup here for David Montgomery this week. Probably the only Chicago bear that you can really feel good about if Justin Fields sits.
0: Yeah. The Packers are real uh, boy. They are not defending the run too well. Last time we saw them. Um, Yeah. I'm curious who's going to start a quarterback for the bears. Obviously Uh, Simeon's totally competent. Uh, That first, Quarter and a half, frankly, had the Bears passing offense looking at as good as it has at any point this season. I mean, Justin Fields has been doing his damage on the ground, and that's when he had to take a pain reduction shot right before that as well. But Montgomery looked great. Uh, Darrington Evans was the surprise backup, not Ebner. Um, but in this matchup, you're I'm treating Montgomery as yeah top 20, maybe top 15 fantasy back, getting all the work, no matter who starts quarterback, with no Mooney there. Um, yeah, Montgomery is going to be the total focal point of the offense this week.
1: Chase Claypool still hasn't uh, figured out how to act normal uh, in a contested situation either. It's like, you're 6'4", pal. Just jump up. Just, j- just jump up and extend your arms. Don't like try to go sideways, all this goofball stuff. So, um, yeah, weird, weird stuff there for the Bears. Uh, last one here, Houston Texans. <laughs> Damian Pierce is averaging 1.07 yards per carry the last two weeks. There's no other stat to talk about with the Texans here. But then again, Dalton. No team gives up more total EPA on rushing plays than the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the problem here, dude, I don't know how you – you'd have to have, like, stones to start Damian Pierce after what he did the last two weeks and the way that I think the Browns could easily blow out the Texans. But, like, this might be the last matchup where you'd feel pretty good about starting Damian Pierce because they've got games against, like, the Chiefs, the Titans, like, a bunch of teams who could take them to the woodshed after this and really game script out Pierce. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy, but I still ranked him as a top 15 fantasy back
0: this week. And I I told okay. him uh, I wrote him up in my DFS column as a sneaky like tournament contrarian play. Certainly won't have a high roster percentage after failing to reach 10 rushing yards in consecutive games. Even lost a goal line score last week, but. Kyle Allen targeted him six times last week. The Browns have allowed the most EPA per rush, third most rushing scores. Rex Burkhead is in concussion protocol, so he may get all the looks here. So I don't know. The Browns uh, with Deshaun Watson's first game, I could see actually that game being more competitive. I made the Texans my best bet of the week. I think that game's going to be competitive, and I think uh, Pierce and Chubb are going to be, you know, back and forth. The running backs are going to have big games. That's how I see that playing out. So I, I, if Pierce, you know, if he uh, sucks this game, then don't ever consider starting the rest of the the season but and I and I agree he's very matchup dependent but even his seven point dogs I think at home against this Brown sieve of a rush defense it's going to work out okay
1: no that's a good call man I think people need to hear that like it's a if you have Pierce right now like I said you're you're freaking out but it's a good it's a good matchup and I love the note about like how many uh, Kyle Allen Ugh, he can he just he's like the worst downfield passer in the NFL. You know, I'll never forgive him for the Curtis Samuel 2019 thwarted breakout season. Just a bunch of prayer yards and those air yards uh that weren't even close. And you know, he, sure, he's no deep passing arm. Dump it off to Damian Pierce. Like, why can't we get him eight targets in this game if there's no Rex Burkhead? That would certainly help a lot. Yeah, so that makes me feel a little bit better about Damian. Yeah, don't Pierce.
0: underestimate the
1: six targets. That's his season high. It's I mean, matches. A, yeah, 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 I mean that's a, yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, uh, give, give Pierce one more game. I like that call a lot. That's a good one. I think people need to hear that. All right. The people need a Thursday night preview here. We got the Bills minus four at New England. Uh, two stats I, I brought in for this one. New England, Mac Jones averaging 9.4 YPA the last two weeks was good against the Vikings uh, on Thanksgiving. We talked about that defense, like not great, but I mean, Mac Jones looked pretty good. And the Bills, of course, still ranked first in point differential this year. I'm not freaking out about the Bills at any level uh, right now. I think they're still a great team. This game could be a pretty fun fantasy one and kind of like a sneaky fun fantasy one for the Patriots.
0: Mac Jones has looked better, no question. Uh, you got to pay attention to the receivers here. Jacoby Myers's health kind of rotated. He did not run a lot of routes after suffering the injury mid-game. Um, but conversely, Ramon Stevenson should get all the work he can handle with Damian oh, Harris out this week. He, uh, he was limping badly. It looked like that thigh injury is going to keep him out multiple weeks. Uh, you love the targets even when the ground game hasn't been successful there. So Stevenson, um, uh, locked in top 10 fantasy back. And, um, yeah, my guy Gabe Davis continues to disappoint. Isaiah McKenzie came back to life the last time. We saw them. So, uh, uh, one thing I'll note here is De- Devin Singletary. Um, this is a tough matchup. Uh, he relies on touchdowns. The, the Patriots have really defended the run very stingily uh, lately. So, I expect this to be all Josh Allen and the receivers this game more so than the running running backs for Buffalo.
1: Um, you know, we talked about Ramondre Stevenson during our Thanksgiving preview. Like he could be the highest scoring uh, rec- like back uh, on the Thanksgiving slate in half point PPR. You know who outscored him by point three? Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> So. No, <laughs> <It's funny>. yeah,
0: <laughs> half those- point helps. Cause all those targets, he had 10 targets though. I mean, man, nine catches. Yeah. So the half point hit- killed him there. Cause man, he's just, you gotta love to see that. He's just taking that Dude, passing so down role
1: in new England and has excelled. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. I think he could, he could be the RB one in this week too. Um, but yeah, if, if Jacoby Myers gets a clean bill of health, I feel pretty good about him in this game. Uh, of course, obviously it's a rotation out of that. I don't, I'm not chasing Hunter Henry. You, are you, you chasing any Hunter Henry touchdowns? Yeah,
0: no. No, no, no. no not Aguilar either. Um, yeah, Thornton's kind of taking a backseat to even guys like Bourne if you're looking for real cheap oh, yeah. uh, DFS play. But, yeah, it's uh, it's Myers and Stevenson and no one else really there
1: for 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 New England. Yeah, Thornton doesn't know how to play a real receiver yet. That's for sure. Uh, after watching him earlier this year. And, you know, on the Bills, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We talked with Lord Podcast about old Gabe Davis. Uh, you know, we, at some point, he's going to have that eruption game again, right? But it hasn't come uh, lately. So, yeah, I don't think you can. The Bills' offense is pretty clean overall. Devin Singletary feel good pretty good about in this spot as well. But, yeah, we know what to do with the Bills here. We know what to do with Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, and the boys there on that side. All right, Dalton. Anything else? That was a hell of a packed episode. A lot of Liver King notes and a lot of NFL stats as well. Yeah, I tried to
0: pack it in. I'm not going to be here for the preview pod this week, so I hope I didn't overwhelm you too many stats. But good stuff, Harmon. And, uh, yeah, I hope you can uh, – got to go check out what the Liver King said, man. i got to see his response here, so, yeah.
1: Got, yeah, enough of, this. enough of this. Enough yeah. of this NFL nonsense. Yeah, we got to go totally. check in with something important. Like I said, totally. if you're not familiar with the Liver King, like, it's, it's wild stuff. Get yourself initiated there. All right, that's going to do it for us. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore B Y B. And while you're there, make yourself a better fantasy player and improve your timeline by following at Yahoo fantasy. You won't regret it. That is Dalton's promise to you. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a five star rating or review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Uh, My God, we just gave you all those notes on uh, NFL teams, stats, all that stuff, the Liver King, other great people to follow on Twitter. How could you not like this show? Leave us a five-star rating. We would love it. Scott Pienowski and Frank Schwab, the betting bros, will be back tomorrow to go over every game for Week 13 on the Preview Podcast. Until then, we're out.